السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر يقول الله جل وعلا في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي سيرنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أعاذنا الله وإياكم منها أجمعين أما بعد Dear brothers and sisters There was once a man 
a companion of the Prophet who had a problem. And he went to the Messenger of Allah to ask for some advice. He finds an audience with the Prophet he sits before him and he says, O Messenger of Allah, give me counsel. O Sini, give me counsel, give me advice. And the Prophet ﷺ gave him the advice he needed. He gave him the medicine that he needed for his particular problem. And he said to him, لا تغضب Do not become angry. But it seems that this companion was looking for something more complex, more deep, something else. And so he asked again, O Sini, give me counsel. And again, the Prophet said, La taghdab, do not become angry. And he asked a third time, give me counsel. And the Prophet said a third time, La taghdab, do not become angry. The scholars who comment on this hadith say that it was as if this man was looking for something complex and deep. And the Prophet showed him that proper development of your character starts with mastery of the basics. Indeed, the ulama say, مَنْ لَمْ يُتْقِنِ الْأُصُولِ حُرِّمَ الْأُصُولِ Whosoever does not master the basics will not reach their destination. They will be barred from success. <coughs> Dear brothers and sisters, it is a trick of shaitan. And it is also a trick of the nafs, the ego, to look for complex solutions to problems while ignoring the basic solutions that are available right in front of us. That is a trick of shaitan, or a trick of the nafs, or both, where we ignore the basic solutions while looking out there for something complex and deep and profound to solve something that is very easily solvable if we just stick to the foundations. Consider an example in this world. Consider a person who day in and day out consumes nothing but junk food. And they are sleep deprived day in and day out. And they are overstressed at work, at school, and with family and everything else. And they feel the effects of all of this. And they want a solution. So they go looking for a solution. They look for, maybe they look for a prescription. Maybe they go online and buy five or six different supplements, thinking that by combining all of these supplements, they'll fix their problem. Meanwhile, they avoid the simplest solution that is right in front of their face. Stop eating junk food. Address your sleep habits and get better sleep and take steps to reduce your stress. These are things that anyone and everyone can do. 
You don't need a prescription for any of those things. But people look for the complex solutions and ignore the basic solutions that are right in front of them. That's in the worldly domain. But it also applies to us as Muslims. Because as Muslims, we will often wrestle with spiritual challenges, challenges with our character, problems that we're wrestling with, and we'll seek out counsel, nasiha. And it's as if we're looking for something deep and profound and complex that will hopefully inspire us and push us to improve ourselves. When the solution is often right in front of us, but maybe we consider it too basic, so we ignore that solution. And oftentimes, that basic solution that's right in front of us that we often ignore for so many of our problems is attending to what we were addressing last week. Attending to al-wirdul asli, that primary foundational spiritual routine in the life of Muslims, which is attending to the five obligatory prayers. Dear brothers and sisters, we go back to the life of the Prophet and we see the examples. In the final illness, before the passing of Rasulullah he was in a very intense state before leaving this dunya. And he was in and out of this kind of consciousness in those final moments. And when he came to, he looked and saw his family and some of the companions around him, surrounding him. When he came to, he said, Hadarat is salat. Hadarat is salat. This could be read in two different ways. It could be read as a question where he's coming to, and the very first question he asked the companions is, has the time for the prayer entered? But it can also be read as a declarative statement, not a question. If we read it in that way, he's coming to, and he sees his companions around him, concerned, worried, stressed, because this is the final illness before the passing of Rasulullah And when he comes to, he says to them, not as a question, but as a statement, Hadratis Salat. The time of the prayer has entered. The time of the prayer has come in. This would mean that he was aware that it was the time of Salat, and he was communicating to them that they should not even let the intensity of that moment, of the final minutes and hours of the worldly life of Rasulullah to keep them from attending to the obligation of prayer. Not even in those stressful moments should they be pulled away from this primary obligation in the life of a Muslim. And we see it emphasized later on, after this moment, in the very final wasiyah, the final counsel given by the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to the entire Ummah. He said, As-Salat, As-Salat. He's reminding his companions 
to be mindful of the prayer despite the distress they were suffering. He's teaching them to uphold salat even in the most difficult of circumstances. Now I ask you, has the ummah since then suffered any tragedy greater than the passing of the Messenger of Allah We have not. And we know that we have not because Rasulullah has told us as much when he said, whenever you are afflicted with a musibah, a problem in life, a tragedy, remember the, your tragedy in losing me and my passing because that is the greatest tragedy. So if he is telling us as an ummah to observe the prayer even in the greatest of tragedies, what do you think about other circumstances? What do you think about observing prayer on time when a person's busy at work or busy at school or when dealing with their life stresses or family dramas or when they're preoccupied with daily concerns? What do you think about the priority of prayer when a person is just relaxing, stress-free at home watching TV? None of the stresses we could ever face in our life will ever match the intense stress of those final moments the companions experienced before the Messenger of Allah left this world and journeyed into the next world. Dear brothers and sisters, true success is making a priority what the Prophet made a priority and giving attention to what he deemed the most important thing. If he chose to make the salat his main concern and his final counsel to us as an ummah, that means it has to be on the top of our list of priorities. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our creator, our provider, our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, he only asks of us to pray five fard obligatory prayers in the day and the night. These prayers only take between five to ten minutes each. So why do people neglect their prayers? Why do people let them slip by? Why do they ignore them? Why do they let the time run out? It is incorrect to say that people neglect their prayers because they don't have enough time. There's always enough time because everyone makes time for the things they consider important. Anything that a human being considers important, no matter how trivial it is in reality, they will make time for it. But if something is not important to them, then there's never enough time. They don't have time for it, not because they don't have the number, they don't have the minutes and hours, but they don't have the drive. It's not important to them. So five daily prayers, each of which takes only five to ten minutes, yet we are reluctant, or we are lacking in punctuality, if not outright being a renegade when it comes to performing the five daily prayers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us against this disease. In the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
فَوَيْنٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَمْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ He says, Woe unto those who pray, those who are neglectful of their prayer. Wail in the Qur'an, we translate as woe, W-O-E. What does that mean? Ibn Abbas and others mention in the tafsir of this verse and other verses mentioning wail, that wail is a valley in Jahannam. Wailin fi Jahannam. Fawailun lil musallin. A valley in hell for those who neglect their prayer. Mus'ab, the son of Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu, the great Sahabi, he recited this verse, Woe unto those who pray who are neglectful in their prayers. And he asked his father, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu, who among us doesn't have internal dialogue in prayer? Meaning, who among us doesn't pray without having some internal conversation where we get distracted? We're thinking about the groceries, what's for dinner that night, where I'm going to go after prayer, what is due, this and that and the other. He's worried because he reads this verse and he understands it as Allah condemning those who are distracted while they're in prayer. This frightened him, this worried him. So he asked his father, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, who received guidance and knowledge from the lamp of prophethood, from the Prophet He says, who among us doesn't have this hadith nafs this internal dialogue, this internal conversation while we're praying? And his father, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, he says, that's not what this verse means. This verse is about neglecting the prayer and letting its time slip away while a person is engaged in idleness, in lahu, in lahu, while they're engaged in time-wasting activities, they let the prayer slip by. Letting the time of the prayer slip by, letting it go, without praying that salat, this is a kabira from the kabair, a major sin from the enormities. It's not enough for a person to simply let the time of the prayer slip away and say, whoops, I'll just pray later in the day and say, astaghfirullah. That's not enough. They have to make up that prayer, yes. And they also have to make tawbah. Tawbah, repentance for neglecting the prayer and not praying it on time. Dear brothers and sisters, this is a basic solution. But we often ignore it in favor of looking for something more complex. But if we want the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and if we want to avoid His displeasure, we have to commit to the salat. It has to be a reality. The Prophet ﷺ tells us that whoever abandons the prayer will meet Allah's displeasure. They will receive the ghadab of Allah, the sakhat, the displeasure and anger of Allah. If we want to uphold the covenant, the ahad, that is between us and our Creator, we have to uphold the salat. 
as the Prophet says, that whoever abandons the salat has broken the covenant that is between him and Allah. And if we want to have light on the Day of Judgment, if we want to have a proof that testifies to our own sincerity, if we want to have najat, salvation in the hereafter, then we have to uphold the prayer. For the Prophet ﷺ tells us in the hadith recorded by Imam Ahmad that whoever fails to preserve the prayer will have no light, no nur, no burhan, no proof, and no najat, no salvation on the Day of Judgment. And on that day, he says, they will be raised up with Qarun and Fir'aun and Haman and Ubay ibn Khalaf. They will be raised up with the tyrants of humanity. Dear brothers and sisters, we say often on this minbar of the Prophet wasallam that we are in fact in Akhirul Zaman, the end of time. That's a reality no matter what time we're in. But we understand that as we approach the last period of humanity, certain things of the religion will become neglected and fall away. Now we have the hadith of Abu Umam al-Bahiri radiyallahu anhu, who relates to us that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, says that the bonds of Islam, those things that keep Islam together, the bonds of Islam will be broken one by one. And each time one is broken, the people will grasp on to the next one. So what are these bonds of Islam? The Prophet ﷺ said, the first bond to be broken is al-hukum, meaning temporal authority, governance. And the last bond of Islam to be broken is salat. That is the last bond. As Muslims, we may struggle with sins, with temptations, and we're going to have our ups and our downs. We're going to have our good moments and our bad moments. But no matter what we go through, in the temptations of dunya, in the test of this world, in the stresses of life, no matter what, we have to have salat as a constant that remains in our life, no matter how heavy and powerful the waves of dunya are in our life. It is the most important outward daily act of worship. And once that is given up, once it is abandoned or neglected, then everything else starts to fall apart in short order. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this blessed day of Al-Jumu'ah that He makes us of those who establish the salat, which is a lifetime of work. We ask Allah to make us of those who are positively changed through the salat beyond routine movement. And we ask Allah Ta'ala that we find in the salat an inner power that strengthens us and protects us and that it becomes a means of helping us develop our character and deal with the stresses of dunya and make it for us a nur, a light, a burhan, a proof, and najat, salvation. Ameen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.
Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa afturu salati wa atamu taslimi ala Sayyidina Muhammadin al-Sadiq al-Ameen Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man istanna bi sunnatihi ila yawmuddin wa ba'd Dear brothers and sisters, this pillar of Islam, al-Salat Comes from the word sila Which means a connection Or that which connects or ties or binds And it is the connection between the abd and his or her creator. And by abandoning the salat, one is cutting that connection, that means of closeness to Allah Ta'ala. Salat is a means of tasliya. And tasliya can mean that which makes someone stand up straight and upright, taqweem. So by abandoning salat, neglecting salat, one is losing their path to uprightness. And salat is the means of wusul. It is the means of arrival. Arrival unto what? Arrival unto the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Salat, this thing that we offer five times a day at a bare minimum, that we often take for granted and rush through, in a mechanical motion. This salat gathers the worship from the heart, from the tongue, and the bodily limbs. In the heart, when you are praying, there is the niyyah, the intention, there is the sincerity, there is the humility, there is the awe, there is the vigilance, there is the humility, the khudur, and the khushur, and the muraqaba, all of these qualities of the hearts. A'malu qulub. With the tongue in salat, there is the takbir, the tahmeed, the tasbih, the tahleel, the tasliyah, the tilawatul Qur'an. All of these manners of praising and glorifying our Creator. And in the salat, in the bodily limbs, we have the standing, the bowing, the rising, the prostrating, the sitting, the facing of the qibla, and so on and so forth. Salat is imad al-deen. It is that foundational pillar of the deen. If we knock out the foundations and the pillars of a house or a structure, it will simply crumble. Prayer is the very first action for which we will be questioned on the Day of Judgment. And praying sincerely, sincerely, in this life, is a means of preparing for making sajda on a day when every single human being will wish to make sajda, and that is the day of judgment. On a day when the veils are lifted, on a day when everyone is resurrected to stand for judgment, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Creator says, To whom does the sovereignty and kingdom belong today? To Allah, the one overpowering. Everyone will wish to be in sajda, but not everyone will be able to make sajda. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Qalam, يَوْمَ يُكْشَفُ عَنْ سَاقٍ وَيُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ فَلَا يَسْتَطِيعُونَ On the day when the shank of intensity will be laid bare, and people will be called to prostrate, and they will not be able to. The Prophet ﷺ tells us, that on the Day of Judgment, 
those who only made sajda in this life to be seen by others, to show off, to make others think they're pious, or to escape their blame. Let me just pray so they won't nag me about salat. Those people, on the day when they wish to make sajda, will be unable because their entire spinal column will be like a single plank and they will be unable to make sajda. Dear brothers and sisters, salat is the means of attaining closeness and the company of the Messenger of Allah The great Sahabi Rabi'ah ibn Ka'ab al-Aslami radiyallahu anhu he tells us that on one day as he was helping the Prophet serving him, the Prophet says to him, ask of me and I will give you. And Rabi'ah ibn Ka'b al-Aslami radiallahu anhu is a very intelligent man. And he asked him, I ask for your close company in Jannah. What better thing can you ask for? And the Prophet ﷺ said to him, Ethan, in that case, if that is the case, if that's what you truly want, Ethan, فَأَعِنِّي عَلَى نَفْسِكَ بِكَثْرَةِ sujud. If that is the case, if that's what you really want, then help me against your own self with lots of prostration. Lots of sujood. It is the most foundational spiritual routine we have as Muslims. We have to know, dear brothers and sisters, the seriousness and the power of prayer. And if we haven't yet experienced that, we work towards it. That means we have to learn the ins and outs of prayer and purification with structure. And not just assume that we know it in a piecemeal fashion. We have to take the time to learn the meanings of what we're actually saying in the prayer on a basic level. And then from there, we take a deeper dive to explore those meanings as we're in the prayer. That moment of being in the presence of our Creator subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, what does it mean? What does it signify? When we raise our hands in the opening takbir and we say, Allahu Akbar, why do we raise our hands? Why do we say, Allahu Akbar? Some of the ulama say that it's as if when you raise your hands and you say, Allahu Akbar, you are pushing away everything other than Allah Ta'ala, everything in dunya, every distraction, every concern, everything. You push it away and you say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar min kulli shay. Allahu Akbar fi dhatihi wa sifatihi wa asma'ihi wa af'ali. This is the meaning of the takbir in the greatest sense. We have to connect to those meanings to experience the salat as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that it has been made the coolness of his eye. When Iblis, that enemy of Allah vowed to tempt the children of Adam, one of his most significant plots was to divert human beings from those things that connect them with their ultimate purpose. And one of the greatest of these things that connect us to our purpose is Salat. 
And so we know that he uses all possible means to divert us from salat, to whisper to us in the prayer, to deprive us of the joy of salat, to cause us to lose the reward of our salat. And if he cannot get us to leave the salat, he will get us to delay it past its time. If he can't do that, he will get us to be distracted in the salat. So we have to connect with the meanings of salat to connect with our purpose as ibadullah. Dear brothers and sisters, as we said, we are living in Akhir zaman the end of times. And the great Sahabi, Hudayfa ibn Yaman radiallahu anhu, he says that the first thing of your deen that you're going to lose is khushur, humility and focus and presence of heart in the prayer. And the last thing that you lose in your religion is salat itself. He said there may be a person praying who has no goodness in him and soon you will enter the masjid and not find anyone who has any khushur, any presence, any focus whatsoever. May Allah make us of Ahlu salat who establish the prayer, who make that the part of our life that never leaves. We ask Allah to make us of those who are changed by salat, who understand the meanings of what we say in salat and the postures in our salat. We ask Allah Ta'ala to preserve our salat and to make us people who enjoin each other with salat. Allah Ta'ala says, command your people to salat and be patient in that. May Allah make us patient in establishing that in our life. And may He enable us to make up for what we have missed or lost of neglected prayers in the past, to make them up and to catch up before it is too late. Ameen. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin abdika wa rasulika al-nabi rumi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallima tasliman kathira bi qadri azamati thatika fi kulli waqtin wahin subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa qumu ila salatikum ya rahmatullah.